0: Welcome to Bloombox Growing Deeper. I'm Sarah.
1: I'm Hannah, and we're on a mission to help you become the gardener you want to be. Hello gardeners. Hi everybody. Welcome to our 50th episode. 50. That's, That's a kind lot. Kind of exciting. 50. Yeah. What's That's almost 2 years. We're almost there.
0: I thought we had done 2 years. Ooh. We only do 24. Oh
1: no. That is two years, right? One year. Yes, was this it was last one year. Spring, we're coming up on two. Wow. Uh huh. Okay, this
0: means we can actually commit to something and keep doing it. That's impressive. <laughs> <laughs> that isn't part of a grant. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Ooh, that's true. I wondered that when we started. I was like, "This has to last for a year, or it wasn't
1: worth the investment in the equipment." Yeah. And we did it. We're almost at two years. Although I have told people starting a podcast is cheaper than you think it
0: is. It was cheaper, but I think it in some ways it was cheaper because we already own the software. Yeah, yeah. And we already have the computers mm-hmm. and an office that's okay for recording in. Yeah. We just bought mics and this red box thingy. It's just a red box. Yeah. The wrong red
1: box. It was the wrong one. we learned that afterwards. It works. It does. We just need it slightly different one maybe that's we can buy ourselves a second anniversary (laughs) present cool
0: (laughs) and then then we birthday is
1: it anniversary or birthday i don't know what we'd call it i don't either well maybe
0: we can buy the podcast the anniversary present and then our birthdays are at the same time so we can buy ourselves a birthday present
1: yay (laughs) (laughs) i'm sure our accountants would approve (laughs) i'm sure i see no
0: problems the board will vote yes on that for sure (laughs) there we go okay what are we talking about today for real temperature this is exciting. So most of you have probably heard by now that uh-huh. in November, the USDA hardiness zone map updated. And our
1: phones went wild. Yeah. You guys, they did not warn us. It no was one happening. warned anybody.
0: And I got asked for a comment before I even
1: knew it had been released. I was out of the country. <laughs> so <laughs> thankfully, I didn't do any news comments.
0: And I ended up refusing the comment because it's not fully you know applicable to what we do every day yeah. we're not really as an organization the right people to comment on this but i think as a podcast we are
1: i couldn't tell you off the top of my head what zone we're in.
0: we are we were <laughs> 5b we are now 6a yeah yeah but uh, it <laughs> it's the thing is that it's it's very very important if you're planting like temperature sensitive vegetables yes but if you're planting trees it's a lot less necessary
1: well you're not gonna plant a palm tree no but you, there's <laughs> many many things that would tell you that before you got to the zone also map. is a palm tree a tree i think I it's a grass I right think
0: it's not a tree is it a grass Well, it makes a coconut right uh-huh but that's not a nut not a nut, but it's like hard. Oh, I I'm won't. gonna
1: look it up, You'd,
0: but you
1: look. I up. know because bamboo is a grass.
0: Bamboo is a grass, and they kind of their stems look like them. The wait, have you seen? Wait, what's a
1: banana? Because tre- a, banana's a banana is not a tree. Either. Banana is not a tree.
0: That might be the confusion.
1: Welcome to Hannah and Sarah's myths of <laughs> trees. <laughs> bananas
0: not a tree, bamboo not a tree. We'll find out about palm trees. Well. I knew it wasn't a tree. Have you seen how they transplant
1: them? It's oh my gosh,
0: yes! Like a stump. There's no nothing. It's
1: just a a plant butt. Yeah, because I watch that. Th- uh, what's it called? Thirty day, three hundred day dream home on oh, HGTV. You see a lot of in palm Florida, trees in Florida, and they do have to maintain the trees. Like, oh. it's a part of the, depending on what town they're building in, it's written into the city code. And, um, sorry, there's a lot of Discussion? clickbait in here. Oh, um, anyways, and so they, yes, they dig them up as this, like, yeah, just like, tiny root ball. Yeah. I don't even know if it's roots. I don't know. It just mm-hmm. looks like a
0: bump at the end of the trunk.
1: Yeah. And then they just live again. Like, fine. If we dug up an oak tree like that. It would be so dead. Sorry, that was loud. But it would it would die immediately. Okay. You know, we're going to have to come back okay, to this. Okay, we'll come back to that. But what I was saying was,
0: yes, you could use the zone map to tell you if you should plant uh-huh. a tree or not. But there's many other cues before that that we are more likely to rely on in our work. That doesn't necessarily mean all the people buying trees from us do it that way. Um, But we just thought this would be a great time to talk about the USDA zone map. Um, I learned a lot Googling this about um, what the updates included and when it started. It's younger than I thought. So the first map was made in 1960. Okay. And that's a lot later than I thought it would have been created. Uh-huh. Um, but I think it, it probably has to do with the ability to collect data like that and turn yeah. it into a map.
1: Um, you know, you would think it would coincide with when people started having gardens. You would, but that um, doesn't really make any sort of sense at all. I think it does. <laughs> people have had gardens since the beginning of But they the were farmers. Yeah. So they knew. And then people, there was the great industrial revolution people moved into the cities they lost their connection
0: well i mean we had the victory garden movement where we tried to teach people to garden who didn't have the inherited knowledge they could have used the zones probably could have used the (laughs) zones but i think at that time you just got your information from appropriate like it was made for each it was probably more local yeah okay so data collection was an important part i'm guessing i'm sure i found no reference to why it was not until 1960 that maybe it just didn't occur
1: to them. Lots I don't more know. government money in the 60s. Could be. <laughs> anyway,
0: in 1960, the first map uh, created 10 zones through the U.S. and Canada. And it, it was only the, what's the, how do you pronounce that word? The stuck together states.
1: A contiguous. Yeah,
0: I never know how to say that. Mm-hmm. It was
1: the contiguous. Or you can say continental. That makes more that works for me. But continental. That, that might include Alaska actually. It but, does.
0: Because yeah. that and I don't know if that's why they included Canada or if we were just working well together mm-hmm. at that time. But it's the continental US, oh, Canada okay. and Alaska were got included it. in there. Okay. Um, but we're gonna find out later that the I mean, the further you got into rural areas and Canada and Alaska the less worse
1: it got. The worse the data <laughs> got, obviously.
0: I didn't find the dates. For the original data set, but it wasn't uh-huh. large. So the map is, um, is based on the coldest recorded temperature for the year. Okay. So that's also very limiting in what the map yes. tells you. So um, it's the coldest recorded date. And that could be some outliers, right? There's a lot of outliers. So um, I don't... It didn't last super... It lasted about 30 years. They updated in 1990. We're going to say not super long. 30 years is a long Yeah, I know. <laughs> I just realized that. <laughs> That's okay. I was thinking of the, the data amount. So it, it lasted for 30 years, uh-huh. which um, I think it, it probably worked fine. But when they yeah. updated in 1990, uh, they used a really small data set. It was 12 years, 1974 to 1986. But... They must have got some good data because they did um, add the half zones, so the A's, A's and, B's. and B's. Yeah, so the the ten the big zones, the number five, covers ten degrees. Okay, a, a range of ten degrees. huh. So within zone five, you can range ten degrees colder or warmer than the average. Than six. Oh, then yeah. So they're ranges. So your average temperature.
1: I should have looked up what they tell are. Tell me how the zones work. <laughs> I'm confused. I didn't know there were degrees.
0: We're gonna look at the map while we talk. I think that that will help. That will
1: help me. Yep. So that is so a zone. You guys, I can't get across to you how little I paid attention to this map. I don't know how it works. So okay. Each so zone, it's average there's... temperatures on the cold and the hot side. No? no, no hot, no hot, so just cold. So that's all that this matters. This entire Hardiness.
0: map is based on the coldest recorded date. Coldest, you and said it is that. an average. So, yep. In
1: zone, we're
0: gonna use five because that's what we used to be. Mm-hmm. In zone five, we were five B. We were five B, but that's we're not there yet. Oh gosh, sorry. <laughs> the first map included only the ten zones, okay. one through ten, and and those zones range ten temperature, ten degrees. So yeah, zone one has an average of the coldest recorded day of the year of negative 60 to negative 55 to negative 50 cuz 10 degrees oh yeah sorry negative 60 and negative we're 50 we're not to a and b yet. we don't want to go to zone a i will not be there i will never be going to zone a oh um, well,
1: what's the hottest
0: the hottest <laughs> is a low the lowest recorded temperature of the year 65 to 70 degrees. Right, 60 to 70 degrees.
1: But that's in Puerto Rico, and they're more centrally located. So also, the hottest is probably not that higher. Yeah, I'm saying like temperature-wise, this doesn't fluctuate as much as Nebraska. (laughs) We we this conversation's getting very caffeinated. We're going to sorry guys. Let me slow it
0: down. So when we look at at the ten zones that Mm -hmm. we started with in 1960, one through ten. And each zone, zone one, shows a range of 10 degrees. Mm-hmm. So, and they only show, it's the coldest recorded temperature of the year has to fit within that range. Sure. So, zone one, negative 60 to, to negative 50 is, like, really cold. And we're not going to go looks there. looks like Alaska, it's Alaska. Um Let's see if it even, like, comes out of Canada. A little, nope. Your nope. map doesn't have Canada. My map doesn't have Canada. Um nope, the US <clears throat> outside of Alaska is at least a 2 is at least a 3. Mhm. So we're not going to 1. I'm never going to. There There's
1: a little bit of 2B. In oh, Minnesota. there is a tiny
0: bit of 2B in Minnesota. Okay. Uh and this is we're looking at the updated one obviously, yeah. but so originally we started with 10 zones each showing a range of 10 degrees. Mm -hmm. And then the update in 1990 added the A's and B's, which is a five degree. So do you think the B's felt
1: bad that they didn't get the top grade?
0: I don't What are you grading this on? Because
1: (laughs) it's an A or a B. I'd rather be in B. It's warmer. (laughs) It's a bad joke. (laughs) Yes, I would too. Yeah. So
0: um, that was the the main update in nineteen ninety. Otherwise, they they added a few data collection sites, but again, it was a mm-hmm. pretty short range of dates that they used.
1: I see that you're about to tell us that it was updated in 2012. It was
0: updated in 2012. I didn't
1: know that. It was
0: surprisingly. I don't remember this. I don't. Nope. Um, but I don't know. I was
1: not particularly paying attention. I don't to know that I was paying
0: attention at all <laughs> in 2012. Um. And it was a significant update in 2012. So mm-hmm. we went to using a 30-year data period. Oh, that's better. So 1976 to 2005. Also, at this point, we now have an online version where you can search by your zip code and zoom in and out, which I think we're all pretty used to now. Now we are. That um, was big. That was a <laughs> big deal at the time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And they added three zones for a total of 13. 10 degree zones Mm -hmm. and this added um it didn't change the zones there's still 10 degree ranges but it now now we can show hawaii and puerto rico right because it added
1: it on the warmer yeah side
0: as you go south yep um and then we now have and i didn't get the total weather stations in the 90s but we now have a total of 7983 weather stations that's the mesonet what oh is it Mm -hmm. okay Which sounds impressive, but 7,000 points of
1: data across the entire
0: U.S. is not very many.
1: That's not. Well, Um, and across U.S., Alaska, Hawaii, Puerto Rico. Yeah. (laughs) All those places.
0: And that's the main change that we have coming this year. So what happened this year is our update did shift the data set. It's now Mm -hmm. 1991 to 2020. So it's still... Still 30 years. 30 years. Um, But we now have 13,412 weather stations. I would have hoped we would have doubled since 2012. I would have 2012. hoped for a few more myself. So that's where the main change come from. came from, was that we significantly increased the accuracy of these points. Well, that's nice. Yeah. So, I mean, we had about a two and a half degree shift or a quarter of a zone, which is... You know, it kind of looks big for anybody who changed zones that feels really big. Mm -hmm. Um, But it wasn't it wasn't necessarily a temperature based change. It was it was that we're now getting closer to what we are. And I heard a lot or I saw a lot of comments on social media from gardeners saying this is what I knew. I mean, (laughs) you can put it on the map if it makes you feel better. But we already knew
1: this was true. If you've been doing this for more than a couple of years, you kind of have a good feeling for what you can. It's as simple, too, as like we all know that that plant that does better, like closer to our house, it's a little bit warmer versus further away at our yard. You know, we're all figuring it out.
0: And then, so not only have we increased the data points, but if I start zooming in on this map, the, Ooh, counties. the accuracy of this map, it is Streets. pixelated within a county. And that is incredible technology that wasn't wasn't there. So the fact that we can zoom in to the point where we can see that Hamilton County has two different zone colors pixelated through
1: it. Um, you know go with the colder one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're going to say. So, I read a little
0: about um, you know, kind of what they're talking about the limitations of the map are and yes. what the change means. So, the first thing, and you can find this, we'll put the link up from the USD their statement um, the f- immediate reaction of the public on social media and the attempt to get us to comment on the map was wanting a comment on climate change. Well, it did correspond with COP28. It did, yes. Which probably helped spur that. Yeah, but correlation, not causation. Right. So, Come
1: on, everybody. Go back to that statistics (laughs) training we have. It doesn't mean anything when we're
0: talking about climate change. First of all, the main changes came from better data not from changed data
1: and we all love better data we do um especially when it tells us what we knew Mm -hmm. i mean when it's reaffirming what or that's a confirmation bias it Uh could be a confirmation (laughs) bias um but we do love better data but we do love better data
0: so this map includes data from only 30 years climate change has to be measured on a minimum of 50 to 100 year range yeah so Come we're on. talking about too small of a data set, but also climate change is measured on the average um trend in overall temperature. Yes. This map is only based on the coldest day of the year. Yes. So that's a weather different extreme. Data, different data. Completely different data set. Um and if you look at the map, it was a big reaction in Nebraska because we moved to half a zone warmer. Some zones moved colder. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um yeah, it was just an interesting immediate reaction to want this to show climate change. It doesn't. Um, it shows the coldest day of the year, which is what impacts if a lot of plants can make it through the winter. Um, now,
1: if they would have called and said, how do you know climate change is happening? That would have been a different conversation have, we could have
0: had. Yes, we them. could have commented on that in many different ways. Yeah. Um, it's not this map. It's not this map. It's not helpful for that. Um, and it won't show you what you want to know. hmm and a lot of the improvements happened in the rural versus urban areas. Oh, well, that's helpful. Yeah. So we had a lot of data collection coming from urban areas. Mm-hmm. Um, it's and warmer there. It's warmer there. And that's why we had some places move colder. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, in extremely rural areas like Alaska, we just had a lack of data points. Yes. So that's really where the change came. Um, and then the limitations of this map... It is getting really accurate down to I mean changes within a county as yeah. long as we have a data collection point but it cannot track a microclimate. So in okay. my yard, um, just the way that my backyard is built, it's a bowl shape with uh-huh. concrete and retaining walls facing south. I can grow things at least half a degree warmer yep. um, in my little raised bed because it's a microclimate. Um, we have those within our cities. Uh, with our urban heat effect, but we also have it. Oh, well, there's a really good one in downtown Lincoln. I'm learning on 13th Street, the mm-hmm. planters that run down the middle of the street. Yeah, the butterfly. Yeah. flyway. They're trying or they did put in. They did put yeah. in, and we're mm-hmm. updating it here uh-huh. with our grant in the spring. The steam tunnel for all those buildings yes. runs under that median. It makes it much warmer. It makes it much warmer. <laughs> so we have microclimates that can't be tracked by this map, um, and we have ur- we have rural microclimates too, when we have wind breaks and bodies of water and things Mm -hmm. Um, and then we're not tracking like sustained cold
1: yeah we're tracking
0: one day and so there are plants that could survive one day of cold outside their zone that couldn't handle sustained cold and there's
1: plants that it doesn't matter how long it was cold they're done well and we're not tracking snaps right because that's what we run into with trees a lot of times. Even trees that are well adapted to our cold. When it goes from 50 to negative 20 in a couple of days, that's really stressful on a tree. It is. And then back to 50 and then back to negative yeah, 20. That's not being shown here.
0: Uh-uh. All we're showing is that negative 20 happened. Yes. So it, a lot of trees would be happy to be negative 20 for three weeks, but they can't do it for one day back and
1: forth. Mm-hmm. Especially while they still have leaves. You know, these are the things that we've run into in the past few years where we do see impacts from what we believe to be climate change. But um, that doesn't matter here. (laughs) It doesn't matter with this map. It matters in our work deeply. Yes, yes. (laughs) Um, It really matters when it comes to our trees, but it doesn't matter when it comes to this map. Now, here's another question about this map for you. Uh, Like I said, didn't look at the outline yet (laughs) this also doesn't include water or moisture no i
0: have which is a huge deal it's a huge deal so the first half of this conversation was centered on this map the second is centered on all the other indicators of plant success yeah um but first, I just want to share, when I use this map, and clearly you don't look at it often, so Sorry, we guys. should skip that nope. part. Do you Have you ever utilized this map?
1: No. Okay. <laughs> I mostly use this map for vegetables. Um, I'm not very adventurous with my vegetables. That's fair. So I plant the same things that I know that I will use.
0: <laughs> yeah. I will be honest. I don't know that I've paid deep attention to this since, like, the first year I garden. Um, we're really lucky that... A lot of nurseries don't even sell you anything outside of your zone. Yeah. Um, We don't. If you purchase your plants mostly from NSA, we don't sell anything that won't live.
1: Yeah. Or if we do, it's pretty clear. We make it clear. We make. Yeah. I mean, spring Affair. we sell things. But that's true. But like, even though it's not
0: hardy, we're not in like a danger. Right. Yes. Not living. A lot of people will use this to show what they have to bring in for a cold snap. So it's not that you can't, we grow lots of things from zone 10 here as summer annuals. They're not annual, but we grow them that way. Um, We treat them like disposable for the summer plants, but we bring them in if there's, you know, a cold snap or we cover them if we're going to have a frost. And that's, I think, the way I've mostly encountered
1: people using it. Think about marigolds, right? Because marigolds, this is why... I make this connection every year because marigolds play a very important role in Day of the Dead mm-hmm. um, for in Mexico, and that's because they're still blooming. Yeah, <laughs> in early November, and here we our marigolds are long gone. I have some freeze dried ones, <laughs> right? Yes. <laughs> um, so, like, it's an annual to us, but they're going strong yeah. in their zone. Right. So
0: that's the main purpose that this map shows Um, and to be honest I kind of wonder if that's not why it wasn't more important in teaching those new gardeners you know during the victory garden era it was not about what you could grow through the winter it was about what you could grow for the season so you didn't need Mm -hmm. to know what you could grow you needed to know when you could plant it yes Uh, we'll talk about some things that tell you if you can even grow something successfully but uh, that's all I got for the map Okay. Any questions that you've heard that we missed? No, I think we covered them all. Okay. All right. So setting the zone map aside, Mm -hmm. let's look at like all the other things that tell us if a plant will succeed in our area. Golly. It's a lot. You want to start with moisture?
1: Yes. Okay, that's like... Because I think it's the most important. It's hugely important. It's completely not involved in the the map at all. Because if it were, eastern and western Nebraska would look different. Right. There's a really cool activity we did with... um, I can't remember if it's Project Wild or Project Wet. I think it's Project Wild. So an education program where they would map out and shade in the moisture across the state. Oh, and you, neat. so it would make it a really visual, and this map would look similar if it took moisture into effect. Yeah. Because you can see the change in moisture across the state. And by golly, if it doesn't line up with short grass. I was just going to say, this map I have on my Prairies. wall behind you
0: is the Native Vegetation yes. of Nebraska map, uh-huh. and it's not directed at water, but it shows yes. you the water, because every time the ecosystem changes, the water amount has changed, uh-huh. yes. and those plants are perfectly hardy across both ends of the state, mm-hmm. but the they don't match up to the available water.
1: Yes. So... Super important. Super important.
0: Um, Sometimes in our garden, we supply a lot of that water through the summer. Mm -hmm. Um, We work, I mean, that's in a lot of our work. A sustainable garden is one where you don't have to supply the majority of the water. Um, But probably the biggest thing that hurts a perennial garden is the difference between when that moisture falls. Yeah. So, winter versus summer. So, we're talking about rain versus snow. So, in you know, western Nebraska, a lot of that their moisture for the whole year comes during the winter in mm-hmm. the form of snow. Um, you in, get a ton more snow. They get a lot more snow. In eastern Nebraska, we get most of our moisture as rain, whether it's winter or summer. Even our winter yep. moisture comes as rain. Um, but a lack of snow cover shows us each year we can tell that we're going to deal with some struggling trees in the spring mm-hmm. when we've had a lack of snow. Yeah. Or at minimum, some winter rain. Mm-hmm and so that um
1: and it co- that also coincides with soil temperature yeah because if the soil is frozen frozen and we do get a rain it it's it, not as effective it doesn't yeah for our plants
0: uh, snow being insulating mm-hmm. will sometimes increase that surface temperature just a little bit um to where it can sink in to where it can soak up that mm-hmm. slowly melting snow that's why it works out west yeah sandy soil heats up faster um, so it can soak up a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. Unless we have a steady snow cover before we get too cold. It, it yeah. just freezes quickly here and then the rain just runs off.
1: Right. Which, what was that, like 2021, 20, we got all that snow. And then it was just mud central. Yeah, because it was warm enough to actually <laughs> like, stir up the mud. everywhere. Oh, I never thought my house would be clean again.
0: <laughs> With your dog, I can imagine. Yeah, oh, it was yeah. rough. <laughs> So that's moisture. Um, it plays a critical role in perennial and tree success. Um, I think it's just really discounted. And it and maybe because people are taught to look at those zones. And they're not taught to look beyond. You need to look mm-hmm. at the zone and your moisture. And you can mess with it a little. We water trees through the winter when we need to. Um, so if you're determined to grow something out of its moisture range, you're just, I mean, you have to commit to that work, but it can be done. Yeah. And then you've already brought it up once the consistency of temperatures. So where our zone map shows us the coldest cold we got, it doesn't show us how long we were cold. So there's a lot of plants that can handle being very cold. As long as it stays cold, what they can't Mm -hmm. handle is when it gets cold and it gets warm and it gets cold and it gets warm. Um, Trees that rely on temperature change to tell them it's spring. We'll talk about the other thing they can rely on. When they rely on on warmness to tell them it's spring. We'll start pushing bud way too early. Yeah. And then if it freezes again, which it usually does, then they all freeze their right. buds. If anyone remembers, like, <laughs> when we've had March snowstorms and you hear the cracking and the popping. Yeah. The sap starts running in the trees and then it freezes. Or if the tree stays fully dormant, that's harder. It takes a much, much yeah. lower temperature to make it that happen. It
1: does make for a fun hike. You're just walking through the woods and
0: it's just pop, pop stop, Until one pop. falls on you. You just move fast. <laughs> <laughs> a fast hike. A <laughs> fast one. <laughs> uh, we've had a lot of problems. That's where you, we've noticed climate change affecting things. Uh, in that we get cold and we get warm, we hold cold and we get warm. We've noticed a lot of loss of trees
1: mm-hmm. from that. Or when we're sitting in a 70-degree October day, and then two days later, it's winter.
0: Right. We expect, and our trees expect here, to have at least a little bit of fall. That yeah. slow colding.
1: <laughs> <laughs> cooling. <laughs> slow cooling, cooling. Cooling. <laughs> um,
0: and a little
1: time to go dormant. Yeah. And get that signal to drop their leaves. Right. Because that, you know, remember the... 97 october snowstorm um one of the things that made that so hard besides it started out as an ice storm so that was a big deal but the trees still had their leaves and so it just made everything that much heavier when the snow came down that things just cracked right off you know um so these these things make a difference yeah they do and then we have, this is the fun part. Oh, gosh, you guys, it hasn't been fun until now. It hasn't been fun yet. <laughs> There's calculations coming. Oh,
0: you do like math. Oh, I do. <laughs> So the length of the growing season versus the winter or the cold, however you want to say it. This is where we get, you know, the real difference between mm-hmm. southeast Nebraska and northwest Nebraska. We yes. Mean, I mean... We have just completely different things that we can grow. And a lot of the measurements for this come from crops, but they can be interpreted to understand other things too. So the first is the soil temperature in the spring and then the air temperature. Mm -hmm. So it's not just the temperature. In the spring when we have seeds germinating and roots starting to grow, it's the soil temperature that matters. We could have an odd 70-degree day, but if we haven't had enough to get that soil temperature up – It doesn't necessarily mean things are going to start growing. Um, And I already mentioned it once, but sandy, dry soils, they heat up very quickly. Yeah. A little sun and they're good, Um, which is what saves some of our Western growers, you know, that they can at Mm -hmm. least get roots started. Um, But we've seen, you know, I'll have people talk about how we've had so many warm days, but they're not seeing their perennials up yet. If We've had spring moisture in the east on our clay soils. Wet clay soil heats up very, very slowly. Yeah. Um, and the first thing that you know, a perennial plant or a crop needs to get going is warm
1: soil. Yeah. Just touch the ground.
0: Yeah. I can't. <laughs> do you so remember cold. being little and like April? It was like you know seventy-five degrees, and you'd go out barefoot, but the ground would be so, so cold.
1: cold. <laughs> yes, I know that. That's like a. I don't know. I feel like that's a unique. Midwestern childhood experience. It must be. It's just this (laughs) really
0: strange
1: memory stuck Uh in my head of that feeling
0: of being outside in shorts and a t-shirt, but my feet were cold Uh on the ground because
1: the ground hadn't thawed. When you wanted to roll through the grass. It's not quite grass yet. It's like, it's really cold. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And then, you know, it switches as soon as we have top growth, then it's the air temperature that matters. Mm -hmm. And so with crops, we talk about growing degree days. And you, you see this most, at least here, um, if you've studied horticulture, agriculture, you've calculated this for corn and soybeans. So plants will, there are, not every plant, plants that are signaled by growing degree days mm-hmm. will change their growth so- stage based on how many of these they've received. Okay. So corn's an easy example because it's just very clear. So we, we grow the stock and then we tassel and then it gets pollinated and then it grows the ear. Yes. Those changes happen based on how many growing degree days. And they're not days. They're, it's. I don't know why they're days. That feels weird <laughs> to me. Some people call them heat units. I was taught okay, it's growing okay. degree days. Um, it's based on the critical temperature for the plant. So whatever temperature the plant starts growing at. For corn, it's like 52 or 50, something like that. I so never grew corn. It's, just remember this from school. You had to calculate this all the time. Um, so you take the mean temperature for the day and subtract the critical temperature so if we've had a 75 degree Mm -hmm. day minus 50 we have 12
1: mean is average right did i do that
0: no we have 22 yeah (laughs) 22 growing degree days and then when they reach so many they'll switch stages we we know all those calculations for crops because it it deeply matters and how we care for them
1: other people know all those calculations for crops okay
0: yes not (laughs) hannah and i people in the the general scheme of things yes in the crop world but there's other plants that this matters for we just don't we haven't studied their critical temperature and calculated their growing degree days yes Um, plants are like signaled by different things some plants are signaled by the length of the day to flower Mm -hmm. so soybeans it's the length of the day um some are signaled by the amount of heat they've gotten yeah and so that plays a role in what we can grow to the point of seed okay um, or like you know to success again less important for your perennial garden more important if you're trying to get food from a plant yes so especially for a livelihood yes right but looking at those things can tell us differences about places you know um in Nebraska, we don't have a very big shift in day length, but across yeah. the United States, we do uh, have a big shift in the amount, the length of sunlight a plant gets. Mm-hmm. But what we do have in Nebraska is a significant difference from east to west in how quickly we build up growing degree days. Okay, We can build them up pretty quickly here in eastern Nebraska. We can't so much. It takes a little longer before we start, you know, really adding to them. In western Nebraska. Because think about how long it takes to get over 50 degrees. Right. Um, and how long during the day you're over 50 degrees. And then they also cool down faster than they we cool down do. Down or sooner, I should mm-hmm. say, than we do. Yeah. Um, and so you you see it most obviously in your vegetable garden. Um, for example, my in-laws grow bell peppers. And we grow mm-hmm. bell peppers. Theirs are always green. They'll never get to red. They don't have...
1: Enough. I feel sad for them.
0: Well, <laughs> I do too, but they like them that way. They make oh, stuff. Okay. They if make stuffed peppers and that they're very yummy. I however don't really like green peppers. <laughs> I like my peppers to turn red. Um, but they also grow much less hot jalapenos.
1: Mm. So, mm-hmm.
0: um there's differences. Yeah. They grow um like Brussels sprouts and broccoli very well. Yes, because we
1: sh- I have tried Yeah. We get <laughs> too hot here. They, does not and they work. get better. Yeah. So um, I think I got two Brussels sprouts on time. Two Brussels sprouts. <laughs> oh, it's not worth it. <laughs> I've
0: grown them, but they get bitter. So quickly yes. because we get hot.
1: And I don't even like Brussels sprouts.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like them cooked in the right way. And I've come to the conclusion I am not the person to cook them. There in the you right go. Way. So I like them when other people make them. Um, but it's just a good example to show us this does mm-hmm. matter to perennials. We just have less. Um, ex- you know, we've done less detailed watching of them because we're not very often trying to grow a perennial for the seed. Mm -hmm. Um, But if we're talking about habitat, it can come into play because, you know, a certain plant has to make it to fruit producing.
1: Yeah. You want to have the right thing that is needed at the right time. Right. So when things need food, you want to have that food, whatever that is, whether that's nectar or seeds. Yeah. And luckily... From my understanding, most of
0: ours in Nebraska are day-length sensitive. Yeah. So um, we don't have to worry as much about the getting to the certain heat. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So the opposite of that.
1: Oh, my gosh. There's an opposite? There's an
0: opposite. And it's
1: chill <sighs> hours. I need to schedule in some chill hours. I know. I was like, <laughs> do I get those?
0: We need a certain number of chill hours Mm -hmm. to properly function, and a lot of like trees do as well, so we can run into trouble. Um, I
1: always have considered trees to be quite chill. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. When those baroques start
0: dropping, it doesn't feel very chill. (laughs) So you see this, like, if you try to grow potted trees, so like I like bonsai trees, and there's some bonsai trees I can't have because I don't have the proper place to get them Protected chill hours. Yeah, um, you can't keep them inside all year long. They'll stop being healthy because they never got their they chill know. hours. Oh no! Yeah, um, and it's you know <laughs> even for an... all the time. <laughs> <laughs> the really cool bonsais are like the evergreens. Yeah, and yeah. they need that. They don't go fully dormant, but they need the chill hours to mm-hmm. keep being healthy. Yeah, um, and I keep wondering if that's not contributing to some of our urban evergreen problems in these i have zero evidence to back that up but i wonder about it
1: i think you're right That's, we're gonna declare it okay no. <laughs> i appreciate that
0: vote of confidence it's a lot easier to calculate it's just anything um i think
1: moisture plays a big role too i think moisture does too and when problem. we get that moisture yeah, you know yeah. our, they're used to snow yeah and they, we're not getting it anymore we're East. not getting any snow we did get some flurries on Saturday. You know, I've been so surprised. So all year I've been saying, I don't think the East gets snow anymore. Like, it just doesn't. It not feel like it. I think we've reached to that change. And then now it's just like coming back with a vengeance. It's like, oh, yeah, Hannah, we're going to snow We're going to snow on you. <laughs> I
0: hope we do. I did tell Silas's grandpa to buy a sled because going to grandma and grandpa's oh, might be the only yeah. way we get enough snow to sled. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, that's, I mean, conifers are a great example of when we get moisture mattering.
1: That was a fun way to say it.
0: Was it uh, was mattering? It... Is mattering
1: or <laughs> I don't know.
0: Sometimes I put words in the That's wrong That's okay. Order. I like okay it. So conifers are a good example of the importance of the timing of the moisture, yes. being snow in the winter or a wet summer.
1: Mhm.
0: But back to chill hours. Yes. So they're a lot easier to calculate. It's just the number of hours spent below 45 degrees. All right. That's pretty easy. Um. Yes, that's much easier. That's much easier. <laughs> <laughs> and the you know the a lot of the details about them are crop based again because that's where our money comes from. So, fruit and nut trees. Mm-hmm. A lot of them have a chill hour requirement, okay. and there are a low chill hour requirement is like three hundred or less, and anything over that is like medium to high. Grapes do too, right? Grapes For do vineyards. Too. Yeah, yeah, grapes really matter. Mm-hmm. Um, they matter both while they're producing fruit and before yeah um so you see people in the south discussing which apples they can grow because they need a low chill hour i see apple. yeah um we hear we don't worry about it
1: <laughs> we're gonna <laughs> we get have them. enough chill hours yeah. <laughs> oh, it um, doesn't feel that way
0: <laughs> but it does like also show in other tree health it's just less measured and less reportable i guess yes um but what, what happens is most of the time, they won't push flower bud until they've received those chill hours. And in a lot of species, it can also affect leaf emergence.
1: Right. There's not a lot of us out there doing gamble oak research.
0: <laughs> <No>. Unfortunately, <laughs> it'd be nice if it's there trusted. was. adjusted. Yeah. <laughs> That's we it. should ask him if he's been recording chill hours on his gamble oaks. Oh, my gosh. So, I didn't bring up all the information to ask why no one's calculating the growing degree days for their penstemon that's not not what we're talking about (laughs) just to show that while the zone map is helpful in many ways it is not the only indicator of plant success not all-encompassing it's not it's really it's really one data point in like a lot of things that matter for plant health
1: would you consider it a jumping off point Yeah, yeah i think it's
0: a jumping off point
1: again luckily
0: we have a lot of nurseries who are already prepared to help their customers yes. through that. You, they, they don't want you buying things that die and then you coming back and asking why. Correct. So um, Ask
1: questions. Yeah. They
0: love answering them. They do. We Our all will do. Local nurseries will often not, the, they'll be very specific. Mm-hmm. Um, like spring affair is a good example. Yeah. Anything that won't live through the winter here, we specifically have it in another section called 10 perennials. Mm-hmm. It's not even by the perennials. Yes. And or herbs. Or herbs. Um <laughs> and even regional nurseries, they they're not they know how to do good customer service. Mm-hmm. They're sending things to that store that are gonna live there or they're marking them as
1: annuals. Yes. Right? Different yep. tag colors. Yeah. That's that's what I've found when you go and show up at Home Depot. <laughs> I don't think I've looked at plants at Home Depot in a while. I have bought annuals there a yeah. few times. And, yeah, it's like, okay, orange labels and blue labels. Yeah, they mean you know? different. Yeah. The main thing that, that you
0: know, once you build up the experience, you don't look anymore. But the original thing I used the map for was knowing what I needed to cover if it frosted.
1: Yeah. In my vegetable
0: garden, primarily. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm... I'm a pretty hands-off gardener, so if I put out an annual and it froze, yeah, I buy a new one because yeah, I got I'm not good at covering. I do not have enough blankets and I don't have enough time.
1: I don't think I've covered anything ever. I I throw
0: sheets on my vegetable garden oh, sometimes. That's good,
1: I'm just, yeah. most of the time by the. I guess if I planted too early, but, you know, I don't often get to plant until after spring affects, right. so then it's fine.
0: <laughs> and I go the opposite, and I plant myself early and yeah. then cover it. Yeah. Again, though, that's probably a difference in our yard. Yours mm-hmm. is not going to probably have the same microclimate that mine does.
1: Yeah. But by the time fall comes and they're like, cover your plants so they don't freeze. I'm like, please freeze. Please freeze. (laughs) I'm so done. (laughs) So, you know, there's changes. There is. But, you know, what I go off of more, especially with my vegetables, is the seed packet. What does the seed packet say about that particular one? I don't know what I go
0: off of. I think I go off of what the other people around me are doing I mean, there you go um,
1: I, I have, have been I, known to come in and be like anybody plant tomatoes yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think I am lucky a little bit in my friends and neighbors that mm-hmm. I am surrounded in my life by other gardeners yeah um but like you again I don't have time in my life to be like babying a lot of vegetables along mm-hmm. so I don't plant a whole lot of things that yeah. need that kind of uh,
1: Care. Or I just wait until Bob has extras after he does his planting, yes. and then that's what I plant in my vegetable garden, and then, you know garden, and then I know I'm safe. <laughs> that's a good way to Uh What will I do without Bob ever? Well, he, just don't to let, just, him, he don't can't let him retire. It's not a possibility. No. <laughs> <laughs> we were
0: thinking about, so we start all of our seeds in the greenhouse with Bob. Yes. I, or I always have. Uh-huh. And now that Silas is getting older, I was like, man, I really would like to have this done at home. Where the rest of the family can be a part of it. Um, And I was thinking about setting up in my basement room. Like a little. Like a little grow mm -hmm. light setup. And then I remembered soil temperature. And I was like, I can't keep soil temperature up enough to germinate seeds in my basement. Because my basement is cold. You could get a warm. I could get uh, a warm. Well, you can get warm mats. Yeah. I have it for my tortoise. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I think there's one in the back room of the greenhouse that might still work. Um, but yeah, they're just these rubber mats you put under mm-hmm. a seed flat and that's a good example of how it doesn't matter, um, what's happening on top until
1: you get that seed root going. That's going to happen. Yeah. I've thought about starting seeds in my basement too. And then I'm like, are you crazy? <laughs> you can barely make yourself dinner at that time of right? year. <laughs> I mean, it would be, we have like the
0: perfect basement for yeah. it because it wouldn't hurt anything, but I just, we don't have any way to
1: keep our basement warm enough yeah i have looked into those shelves and then you can get the like cover for them yeah it like, kind of makes it a microclimate where it's a little more humid and it's a little warmer oh, wow. mm-hmm. it just seems like so much work well you, bob's already doing right? it
0: i know and the greenhouse <laughs> is right there and it's not full yet at yeah that point right here. and then it used to be that grow lights were really hot and now they're yeah, all led and right. they don't make any heat <laughs> there's
1: no heat on them
0: <laughs> so yep yep The thing I wanted to end this episode with was we're going to keep coming back to moisture and timing of moisture. Mm -hmm. Um, We've had a very dry fall until this last little snow happened mm-hmm. in eastern Nebraska. Western Nebraska has not been having the same experience as us. No, and um,
1: even across eastern Nebraska, the snow slash rain was very different. It was very different. We drove just
0: across our county on Sunday mm-hmm. getting our Christmas tree, mm-hmm. and in that time we encountered dry snow and rain Yeah, <laughs> in yeah. one county. So um, it's just been very different. If you are not receiving half inches of moisture at a time, and you have a tree that's been planted less than three years ago. Mm-hmm. Give it some water. Yes. The ground in eastern Nebraska has not frozen yet and probably will not.
1: Is this a good time to confess I haven't put away my hoses yet? There's a good example. <laughs> um, but we have been cold <laughs> but, enough that I, it would be a good idea to I put know, I hoses need to do away. It. <laughs> I walked by one the other day and I went, oh my gosh, that's still out. I don't usually... <laughs> like. Someone else would do it.
0: <laughs> Who's gonna? The dog. Yeah. What's right. he doing all day? Lazy thing. <laughs> we don't usually put our hoses away until December, but we unhook them and like dump the water out. Yeah, yeah. And then they're still there if we need them for a little bit, but sure. they're away now. I gotta do that. Yeah. At least unhook them from your house so you don't have a problem. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I've watered my trees twice this fall, um, and. I think we got enough rain on Sunday that I'll leave them alone for a little bit. But yeah, if you're trying to get a young tree, it's it may live through the winter without you doing anything. But if you're hoping for a little bit of growth next year, mm-hmm. a, that winter water will make a big difference. Yeah, Absolutely. And for all of the cities that got Grant trees this year and have empty gator bags on them. Those I'm worried about. <laughs> <laughs> water your trees. Yes. There's our message. Water yep. your trees. The message of this entire episode water your trees.
1: Okay. All right. Should we do plant of the week? Yeah. I can start. You start. My plant of the week is my Christmas slash Thanksgiving cactus. I'm not sure which one it is. It blooms sometime between Thanksgiving and Christmas. It's blooming right now. It looks so pretty. It's great. Yours is not blooming, but it looks good. It, uh, It looks better. Mine is a
0: Thanksgiving cactus. It opted not to bloom this year because I didn't water it well. I think it
1: opted well. (laughs) I
0: think it chose well. It's coming back to life.
1: Yes. It's looking much better than it used to. It's like standing up. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but mine is blooming and it's very pretty and it reminds me I bought, I decided in grad school that every semester I would get myself a treat at the end of the semester and it was almost always a plant. And this That's is a good choice. one that I got at the end of one winter semester. Did you get it from the Hort Club sale? Nope, got it at Hive, Probably <laughs> <laughs> they've been tempting me at Bombgars
0: because mine didn't bloom. Mm-hmm. And Bombgars, you walk in and the displays yeah. all the Christmas cactuses, and they're all blooming.
1: I would like to move it to a hanging basket mm. at some point because I think they're very pretty they in are. a hanging yeah. situation. I've
0: been wondering if I need like some of the arms going a lot like that way. Yeah, they're getting a little long. I have it up on top of my desk, um, like, upper cabinets, and mm-hmm. it's fine as long as you don't want to open that door. Yep. Yeah, Which is, I don't open often. That's where there's some paper shove that you asked me to keep. When you
1: first oh, took yes. this job. That's right. And you needed like, like. I'm not allowed to have these papers for <laughs> control issues. They're still there. Haven't touched That's them. That's good to know. I should probably <laughs> ask somebody about this. <laughs> All right. We should cut that out. Okay. Um. Yeah. So I really love my cactus. It looks really good. Uh, My plant of the week is going to be my Christmas tree. Aww. Which is
0: chopped down, but still alive. It's still a plant. Yeah. I love going. We go every year to get our christmas tree. Um and it's just so fun. I love it. Yeah. This year it was sort of misting when we got there, so we did not walk as far into the farm as we usually do. Yeah. But
1: there's just something fun about hauling it off on a cart and And you cut it down yourself Nick did see that's why I don't go to those tree farms (laughs) (laughs) I go to ones where they cut it for you I'm like I don't have that energy (laughs) the one that we go
0: to they will cut it down if you ask them to but the experience is cutting it down although every year Nick has complained about the quality of their saws because they're being used by like yeah so oh, i figured people. you'd have to bring your own so you don't bring nope you don't have to bring anything except a vehicle and oh, they will fit that know. tree on anything i've seen them <laughs> tie to little
1: cars um we get a small tree so it fits in our car oh that's and yeah. then i don't have to worry about it being tied on that's that makes sense yeah they i don't know how they we've always thrown it in
0: the back of the truck yeah yeah that part is actually not my responsibility <laughs> i just go inside and then the tree comes in and the perfect we decorate it Um, But yeah, this year I have put a calendar reminder for the beginning of December Mm -hmm. to bring our own saw. And uh, it always takes Nick like 10 or 15 minutes to cut down. By the time I called Silas over to watch, it was down. Because you brought your own saw? Because we brought our own saw. (laughs) So there's a small piece of advice. If you're used to going to tree farms, bring your own saw. But make sure they see you carry it in. Yes. We did show them that we brought it because we -hmm. didn't want them to take it from us when we left. And what kind of tree did you get? We got a spruce. Okay. Which is different. Usually we get a pine. All right. But we didn't want to walk up the hills of the pines. No. And we thought it'd be fun to go. I like Try pines, something different. But spruce do hold the decorations better. Yeah. Yeah. They do. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then we did have to leave it out for a night because it was so wet from the snow. <laughs> I didn't want to put lights on it and electrocute it or something. Right. So we left it. But it. Yeah. it gets
1: moldy. Oh, I didn't even think of that. <laughs>
0: We always also run a humidifier
1: by our tree. Which, Gosh, you have all the tips. Uh, we well, I think you should write a life hack book because you are constantly like, well, why don't you run your humidifier next to your Christmas tree? And I I'm love like, what life hacks. Happening? I
0: spend a large amount of time on Pinterest reading other people's ideas. This was my idea, actually, because our house, it was the year Silas was born. And so we had the heat running, extras We had a newborn baby. Mm-hmm. And I was washing my hands like every ten minutes, yeah. and it was so dry. And so I and we live in an old house with those big old like mm-hmm. two foot square air vents. Um, and just yeah. I started running humidifiers, and then the next year I just put it by the tree, um, and it makes me feel better because like sometimes they get crispy on top. And yeah, you worry about fire. We do keep yes. a fire extinguisher by our tree too.
1: You're so safety conscious. That's Nick. I, I didn't just think of went the, fire the other extinguisher. day. I wonder if my fire extinguisher still works. <coughs> oh, ours was last <laughs> tested in nineteen ninety three. It came with our house, but <laughs> it's probably better than nothing. And then I looked into buying new fire extinguishers. Dang, those are expensive. <laughs> you
0: know, if you I know that you don't have children, but if you yeah. go
1: to like the fire days uh-huh. when they have the
0: fire tricks out, sometimes they'll give you one.
1: Free fire extinguishers? They we got totally like, worth it. <laughs> yeah.
0: I I don't know if it's always
1: um, I gotta come to your county. we <laughs> will also like give you a
0: treat if you go get it tested. I don't know what it is. We've never done it. <laughs> our house, whoever lived in our house before gotta us was more very afraid of fire because we got like seven fire extinguishers and we have a two bedroom house. <laughs> so yeah. um, they were all tested like in the 90s, but they like little dial thing says they're still good. Yeah. Okay. I have it, used a fire extinguisher ooh, to put on a fire so. I have never used one. I kind of just want to, like, take one outside and spray it. I don't know. What yeah. happens? They it's, just spray white foam,
1: right? It sprays foam that sounds at so wherever fun. you point it. Okay. I mean, it's fun. For a it, minute. Except that you're panicking because your house is on fire, which is what was happening.
0: Why was so, your house on
1: fire? It was when I was a kid. Oh, um, you know, back in the day, you could leave kids alone. Yeah. That would, yeah. <laughs> and uh, my sister stopped monitoring something she had in the oven, and Oops. I walked into the kitchen, and it was full of smoke, and over the oven, and it's on fire. So it was contained to the oven. Oh, okay, that's good. So, yeah, um, I sprayed it, and then my dad was like, "Why don't you just close the oven?" And I said, "It was already on fire in the oven, so I don't think closing the oven would have worked."
0: Well, if you turned it off.
1: Yeah. Yes. But Anyways. I don't know. <laughs> it's a not a fun thing to clean up. I that's, what I was like, uh, that's what I was wondering. Like,
0: that's why I thought mm-hmm. like in the alley would be fun. Yeah. When there was no fire.
1: But it did keep a fire from spreading. So yeah. y- there you that's go. Mission accomplished. accomplished. Yeah. It would be. And I was a hero.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> I don't know.
0: I don't know either. But I hear about fire or like people worried about trees being fire hazards. And those are our two steps.
1: I also think that that has changed too with the LED lights. I do, except I don't know that we have LED lights. Oh, okay. I think we have old lights. Yeah. Um, I do have one string of old lights that I put up in my fake tree. Oh, yeah. And those things get hot. At least we don't hang candles in them anymore. (laughs) (laughs) That seems like a very bad idea.
0: (laughs) Yeah. No, I think we have old lights, but. Either way, I found it gets a lot less crispy and Mm -hmm. therefore
1: makes me a lot less afraid of fire. Well, there you go. Whatever gives you peace of mind. Yeah. That's important. All right, everybody. Well, thank you so much for listening this week. We hope you learned something. I did, so that's always fun when we get to learn something. Don't forget, it is end-of-year giving time. Yay! Yay. So we're trying to reach a $30,000 goal by the end of the year. So if you have some cash to throw our way we would appreciate it you just go to plantnebraska.org there's so many options for giving you can get a membership you can gift a membership
0: that's my favorite option what a fun christmas present
1: yeah you can donate directly to us you can give so that we plant a tree in the in somebody's name or honor um you can buy some merch somebody bought the mugs i designed oh, what do they say they say plant person so really it's toby's that's, design that i put on a mug that
0: on, that's <laughs> been one of our most popular shirts
1: yes yes i see
0: them at sales all the time
1: mm-hmm. so there's so many ways just go to plantnebraska.org and decide what best tickles your fancy for giving to us at the end of the year we would greatly appreciate it um, and then, yeah, don't forget to just get on there and check out all of the different things we have going on and all of our resources. Unfortunately, well, fortunately for us, but unfortunately for you, the Solstice Hikes are sold out.
0: That's exciting.
1: So uh, you will have to hike on your own. <laughs>
0: There's, I heard, is it Wilderness Park? No, it's Pioneers. I, no, Wilderness Park. But they don't close Park, at dark.
1: Yes, yes, pioneers. But pioneers. I think they are doing solstice hikes at a Wilderness Park okay. this year as well. I didn't so, know. I
0: thought all the parks in Lincoln closed at dusk, but no. it sounds like pioneers
1: you can do a night hike. At. Some of yeah, it, not every night. Oh, okay. Yes, specific nights. Mm-hmm. So look that up. Don't get locked in. Yeah, that'd be <laughs> bad. Ugh. Yeah, but thank you for listening. We hope you have an excellent end to your year. Um, And happy holidays, happy new year from all of us here at the Nebraska Statewide Arboretum. Bloombox and Bloombox Growing Deeper are both programs of the Nebraska Statewide Arboretum.